welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers us all to engage bravely with the hardest aspects of parenting, to create positive change in ourselves, our families, and the world. Join us to build intention, elevate skills, and align our parenting practices with our greatest ideals. When we practice trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection, we're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Today's episode is supported by ARC, beautiful and durable clothes for kids and mothers that are produced sustainably and ethically in the USA. Versatility and durability are key to founder Abigail Quist, who believes that all clothes should be play clothes and that buying less and buying better is a means to helping our kids foster a more thoughtful lifestyle. And the color palette will amaze. Mm. Learn more about ARC and support Upbringing by visiting today's show notes or our partners page at upbringing.co. Enter code UPBRINGING for 15% off your purchase. Now on to our empowerment. Welcome to today's Twin Talk, where we're going to recap season two a little bit mm-hmm. and maybe a little preview of season three. Yeah, it just didn't feel right to just leave a conversation as our last episode. Mm-hmm. For any of you who've moved through the season with us here and there, or anybody who's just joined our podcast and is wondering what the hell we've been talking about mm-hmm. for however many episodes, I don't keep track. 41. 41 episodes. Okay, thanks, Kel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just to see, you know, th- we've been such a work in progress with this podcast and figuring out who we are as we're moving season two, I feel like was pretty in some ways different than season one and season three is going to be different from season two. So, uh, I feel like this is a very necessary episode. Yeah. And it's summer. We're going to take a month off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be slowing down a little bit. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I think that 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 breaks are important. Summertime, springtime, wintertime, whatever it is, but we often feel compelled to just pile on more and speed up. Mm-hmm. And we're you trying- get crazy, Kel, in the summer. I do. Yes, well, you get the farms in full swing. Yeah, I think you get like farmer's wife and the you kids' know. birthday parties yeah. and all that stuff. But yeah, it's felt good, kind of slowing down and making our lists and thinking about what we want and why. Yeah, I encourage doing, everyone to do that. Yeah, doing a little less of things, saying no a little more, mm-hmm. or getting you know excited about the things you really want to do. Because yeah. you know we always have that summer bucket list, and we do like one thing on it. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to do a What's few. What's your more. bucket list? Well, I want to swim with dolphins. I know that's not happening. That's like summer. your life bucket list. <laughs> that's my 40, 40th birthday bucket list. Okay. I think. But still, every summer I'm like, might I swim with dolphins this summer? No not going to happen. That's because all you do is ask that question. You don't do any planning. Maybe I can like be like pick berries. Okay. I can make that happen. Uh We live on a farm with berries. Start by listing the things you already do and then grow from there. Or that are like in my yard Uh and get bigger from there. Okay. I want to do a little riffy recap. Okay. Just kind of highlights from moments in our episodes and takeaways from the season. I love that idea. Yeah. And I also, I want to encourage everyone to go back, listen, Share episodes with friends, like tell us, tell other people like what you loved, what pissed you off, what, mm-hmm. what excited you or confused you. What do you want to know more about? Yes. Yeah. We want to hear all that stuff. What did we miss? What did we miss? I mean, we could only talk about certain things based on people we knew and connected with mm-hmm. or our empowerments that we'd created ourselves. So mm-hmm. it would be nice to know what, what you saw as, as not lacking in a bad way. But um, just that you would want us to expand on someday. Yeah. So we had two different types of episodes that we alternated every Monday, which were convo episodes and our empowerment episodes. And we're going to continue with that structure next season, I think, even yeah, if things are a little bit good different. To us. Yeah. yeah. So convo episodes. What it, what were some takeaways? Starting with Sadie. Sadie Lincoln. She was our season kickoff. Founder of Bar Three. Mm-hmm. She was lovely. I lo- I, th- I feel like the main takeaway was that vulnerability equals authenticity. Mm-hmm. And you and I talk about that She's a lot. She's such a fearless leader in that way, she doing re- that in this huge company mm-hmm. and in her in her bar three classes. And then third as a mom. Yeah. Saying, I don't know it all. This is a collaborative thing. Mm-hmm. Being a person of in power and also saying, I care about everybody else. I care about what their needs are, what our joint goals are. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Yeah. yeah. And I like that 
I think she said that it was bar three's new year's goal or mantra was looking beyond getting results. Mm. And you and I heard that so much through a parenting lens, just like, why, why are we so focused on results for our kids? Results, milestones, mm-hmm. payoffs, all of these things. Expectations. Instead of, right. Instead of just refocusing, reprioritizing on the process. Right. Because results right aren't real. Expectations aren't real. Yeah. I also loved what she talked about around modifications mm-hmm. in yoga <clears throat> and just... What is a modification? Yeah. A modification is when people have to, like if they're doing you know, in bar three classes, if they're doing push-ups, they put their knees down because their shoulders are sore, whatever it is. And modifications within that kind of like workout realm are often or have often been frowned upon. Mm. And I like or that. Or seen as less than or right. weak. Or, and we sort of yeah. took that into our parenting, parent brains as well, which is let modifications be celebrated. Mm-hmm. Let, you know, let just kind of flying by the seat of our pants in some ways or changing things up to work better for us or our kids be a great thing. Yeah, I, th- I think she said something along the lines of when somebody gets up to do a modification, like they can't do it on the ground, so they get up to the bar, that they're standing, literally and figuratively standing up for themselves in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's how we can think of our parenting as well, where when we do a modification or let our kid modify something, there's no right way to do this. We don't fit this mold. We don't need expectations. We just need to be moving and modifying in the moment. And there is beauty and power in that. Yeah, I love that. Okay, what about Liz Wolf, author and podcaster? Sorry, I'm kind of sniffy. That's okay. Oh, Liz was wonderful. Mm-hmm. She is, I mean, wellness nutrition guru. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we could have talked I feel like to her. We for laughed hours. a lot with her, which was fun. Yeah, she's pretty goofy too. Yeah, yeah. I think that what she really gave to me was talking about sort of like the hard stuff, the good stuff that we talk about all the time. How can we? Or rather, how does our behavior change if we think that the struggles that we're facing with our kids aren't aberrations or bad things, but lessons and and gifts mm-hmm. instead of obstacles? Mm-hmm. You it's know? all mindset. Yeah. And I think it's all based in the idea of acceptance, that hard isn't wrong. Hard mm-hmm. is necessary. If we can accept a reality or a moment or a feeling then we can actually work with that feeling or that moment or that struggle or that person. Mm-hmm. And acceptance allows us to grow. That's the place where growth happens. Yeah. And she talks about acceptance too. She spoke so much about accepting who you are in the parent-child dynamic. Like mm. my child is exactly the person that I need right now. I am the person that my kid needs right now, no matter how bad I look, Goosebumps. no matter how much I'm fucking up, no matter <laughs> yeah. how crazy this, this seems, uh, you know, my child is the guide that I need and I'm the guide my child needs, even we when are, it feels ugly. We are matched for a reason. Yeah. And sometimes that can seem mismatched because in our culture you think, oh, it means we have to like everything and get along all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's just not how fucking like life works. Yeah. That means we have to be everything that makes us grow and change and really feel fulfilled is what pushes us in new directions to expand. Yeah. But I think she was right in, in kind of alluding to the fact that most of us as parents are like, this is not the person I thought I would be. This is Mm -hmm. not the parent I thought I would be. Yeah. But she said that these are the lessons I'm meant to learn. You know, when it's really hard, when I don't want to learn, when I'm feeling bad, it doesn't mean that I'm doing it wrong. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that I'm in the wrong place. It doesn't mean that I'm not exactly where I'm meant to be. And I love that she says, like, that's my learning time. Mm. When I'm feeling all those things, when I'm going through a hard thing, that's where I do the work. Love it. Yeah. Thanks, Cal. <sighs> Lindsay. Lind- Lindsay Meyer yeah. Harley. Yes. Activist, shopkeeper of Dar- Shop Darling Clementine. Um, just wonderful human all around. Mm-hmm. And I loved how what really kind of rose to the surface in our conversation with Lindsay was about our kids' voice and how she believes, as far as activism is concerned, that our kids' voice is their power and that activists are born from spaces that honor and value their perspective and their feelings, basically spaces that teach them that their voice matters. How can mm-hmm. we be doing that in our parenting? Yeah, but it's a, <laughs> it's a really big ask because our kids' self-advocacy comes into conflict a lot yeah. with our own expectations, our own agenda. It's how do we keep fanning that flame of our kids' fierce spirits yeah. and at the same time uphold the boundaries that we need to like just keep sanity in our home and our family, mm-hmm. you know? But we've talked about how it can be both, right? Absolutely. I think that it's difficult too because their voice at this age, 
one, two, three, four, five, ten, is very raw. Is not very That's a nice cultured. Way to say it. <laughs> it's, it is. It can feel not so polished. Not so much. And yeah. just because it's not polished doesn't mean it shouldn't be spoken. Mm-hmm. And the only way for them to polish their voices of dissent. And to cultivate those is for them to be heard and to be welcomed and to be respected. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, Lindsay Meyer Harley is really inspiring to us as far as her activism goes, because she does the Still We Rise online auction that we have been a part of several times. And I think it's important for us to be activists as parents and be the power of dissent and resistance outside of our homes, but I think that also asks that we accept it and honor it within our homes as well with Mm -hmm. our little people. Yeah, she talked about the whole, it's their day too. You know, like, this is not just me bringing my kids on errands and them being a pain in the ass. Like, it's also their day. They're having their own experience. They have their own personal reality. Mm -hmm. We have mutual realities, baby. We gotta blend it. Let's live them. Yeah. Okay, what about Jessica Murnan? Oh, Jessica. I feel like I know her because I've been following her podcast, One Part Plant, or no, One Part Podcast. And mm-hmm. she wrote the One Part Plant Cookbook, which is um, a plant based, um, incredible cookbook that helps, um, that talks about people eating one plant based meal per day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she had so much to tell us, not just about plant based meals. I don't think we even talked about food barely not at that all. Much. We did a little yeah. bit about our kids and how we can be sort of creating healthy food habits with our children, especially around dispensing with rigid judgments of like good and bad or healthy and unhealthy, you know, and she suggested just kind of letting our kids make up their own minds about, Mm -hmm. about what they want to eat, um, based on what she makes available essentially. Right. I think that something she said that resonated with us too, Kel, is that she advocates describing how food feels in our bodies and cueing our kids to, you know, look within themselves and do the same. That's the most that we can do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you're really big into the whole food oh stuff right man. now. It's a I place am. where we can tend to over control a lot yeah. because with the very best intentions, we want our kids to get enough nutrients and food and be developing these healthy it's nutrition eating habits. and habits. Yeah. Yeah. And how do we nurture and instill those without creating power struggles or downright aversions mm-hmm. to certain foods? So, Um, I think it was a fun episode that opened up that topic a little, and I'm really excited to dive into that more this next season. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, Who else did we speak with? Allison Mazurek. Mm -hmm. She is a blogger and designer. She 600 square foot and a baby. Right. That is her blog. Um, And she lives in a tiny home with two kids and um, her husband and... We, we talked a little bit about small living and how to how to work through those things, having fewer things, how good it feels, how it's a, a choice that everyone can make for themselves. Quality over quantity stuff. Yeah. yeah. That was fun. But what I really loved was that she talked about this idea she had when she just had her first kid who she felt like she could, you know, maybe mold him who he's gonna be <laughs> we've all been there <laughs> yeah totally yeah. um you know dictate basically the type of child she could have and that was definitely not the case for her and i love her quote that we ended up posting about was that i can't make my kids who they're not which yeah. is like that is that's just it's really really fucking true and yeah. hard and hard it's really hard but yeah. i think that she came to realize that she can't change who her children are but learn who they are yeah like that was that's but that goes against everything we know to be yeah. true is that we mold kids from the beginning, that they are blank slates that we have to impress upon mm-hmm. our knowledge, our influence, their their own personalities. I hear so many people say they're just developing a personality when they're like, a, their kids are a year old. And or I'm like, three. they have yeah. a personality when they're zero, when they're two months, yeah. you know, um, that's. It's coming out and it's expressed in so many different ways that that we're just not used to really looking at yeah. and thinking about, I think. But she's, she's such a respectful parent in terms of just wanting to get out of her kid's way mm-hmm. so that she can be living her best life and there as support staff, just guiding them to be the best version of their, themselves, essentially, not somebody that she thinks they should be. Yeah. You know, it's that's a hard good. one to let go of as parents, though. We've got a lot of hopes for our kids. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Taylor Sterling, founder mm-hmm. of Glitter Guide and Tired Dreamers Club. That, that was, was a really fun combo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all of these were fun, but she was pretty great. We jived with her. Yeah. We talked a lot about self-care and a lot about spirited and sensitive kids. Yes. Which was, we got so much feedback from people saying, mm-hmm. thank you so much for talking about 
these personality types of kids. I was feeling alone. Mm -hmm. I didn't know other people. And this is sort of connected as well to the Alison Masarek episode, Mm -hmm. which is I expected that there was something wrong with me when my kid was exhibiting these behaviors or struggling this way or having these emotions or really high energy or never wanted to listen to me or whatever these things are. But I think it's really typical that as parents and in our culture, it either the blame goes to when things don't conform, Mm -hmm. when the kids' behaviors are hard to understand, the blame goes to the parent. They're not doing a good enough job or it goes to the kid. This kid is effed up. Mm -hmm. And I think what Taylor and, and we talked about just like with Allison is that there is a full spectrum of, of behavior and temperament and personality that our kids come to the table with that has nothing to do with us. And what has to do with us is how we can nurture that and show up and show yeah. up and how we grow from that. That was the, the, like a really cool part that Taylor talked about was how much she's been growing. And you talk about that too, Kelty, a lot is that having spirited and sensitive kids um, has really changed you as a person Absolutely. for the better. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What was our last combo with Keelan Rich, right? Yes, from uh, Bitch Magazine and um, author of Girls Resist. Yeah. It's a really cool guide. Totally. She was just badass. Mm-hmm. She was pretty awesome. I wish, I feel like you and I were so excited about our conversation. I feel like I barely gave her a word in edgewise because <laughs> I wanted to just keep talking and asking. We say this, how does that sound? Is mm-hmm. the feminist this and this and this? Like, yeah. what do you think about this? But then I barely gave her a chance to respond. I know. Fail. I have a lot more Ugh. questions for her. I know. Yeah, about act, like activism and what to bring our kids to and how to be cultivating. Yeah, but... I think that we touched on two important topics with Caitlin, Mm -hmm. the topic of consent, which you and I really believe is a conversation about control. Mm -hmm. And I liked her strategy about when family and friends demand affection, for example, with her three-year-old daughter. That was pretty cool. And you and I talk about beyond just affection. Yeah. We had a a big after show. Oh man. There's so many realms of consent that come up just day to day in our parenting, you know, Haircuts, diaper changes, tickling, wrestling, picking up, wiping boogers, mm-hmm. affording privacy. All of these things can be more nuanced interactions that can be balanced and openly negotiate power between us and our kids. Mm-hmm. We can still be in charge, but we can be giving them some power so that they can feel empowered by their own body, mm-hmm. by their own inner authority. That's what consent is about. Yeah. And but but I'm glad that we developed on this idea because I think consent with with our children is is a relatively recent phenomenon, topic and yeah. phenomenon and it is mostly talked about around giving hugs and giving kisses mm-hmm. and doing those things and i like pulling all of these other aspects of it's more in the public consent. sphere and yeah. we're saying what about all the consent that happens in their bathroom at home mm-hmm. just because we're family just because there are kids doesn't mean that we have the right to touch their bodies or move into their spaces um, without asking yeah. yeah, or talking about it or negotiating or explaining the why or all those things. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. A lot, lot to be talked about there. I'm excited about more of that for next season. We also talked so much about gender with her, which was really yeah, cool. That was we great. need some more episodes about that. Oh, man. Yeah, I feel like we're just starting to get the terminology around gender fluidity, the, the spectrum, how... How to kind of disrupt our binary thinking. Yeah, with, you know, it's girl or it's boy. It's, it's masculine or feminine. It's right. blue or pink. It's all these exactly. things. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the idea broadening our mind a little bit that gender is in huge respects, completely socially constructed. Mm-hmm. It is not real. It has nothing to do with our, um, our sex at all. Um, it doesn't have to. And that yeah. there, I think that a lot of the way we identify as female or male isn't because that's truly coming from us, but because that's what's been conditioned in society and expected in society. So how can we be encouraging our kids is the question to yeah. express their gender in, in the full spectrum where they fall naturally. Yeah. Because that's that's the, the beautiful discovery as they grow older that doesn't have to be Who one thing are or they? the other. What, what are they like? What do they want? What do they believe? It's, that's a small piece of the bigger puzzle of raising a human being is right. all those same exact questions outside of gender. Well, gender is one form of self-expression. Right. right. Exactly. That leads into our empowerment episodes. Do, do you want to recap those too? Sure. How many do we do? Six? We did six. We have 12 empowerments. I think we're going to pare them down to 10. Mm. Like once we finally do a little 
zine or something. Um, we like a simple Do number. a little like housekeeping. Yes. <laughs> but we did six this ep- this season and then next season we'll kind of explore and dive into the other six empowerments. And for anybody who isn't familiar with our empowerments, Kelty, can you give like a quick... Oh, sure. You, I feel you like you're really on good spot. at that. Uh, I guess our empowerments are our touchstones and our mantras that inspire genuine alignment between what we believe and how we act with our kids. And it's it's basically reminders that we need to not over control them. So it's about welcoming emotions. It's about looking at our own triggers. It's about trying not to take ourselves too seriously. It's about getting in there in the discomfort and engaging mindfully and bravely. It's it's about so many things, but it's it's our work. It's a reminder that when our kids are uncomfortable or exhibiting behaviors that we find really challenging to be looking at ourselves and what we can be doing as opposed to fast tricks and and things that we can be or manipulations that we can be doing to control them right i love that thank you for describing you're so welcome um i think that it's very easy to fall in this parenting uh landscape as either like you said kelty the quick fix Let's focus on the kids, what they're doing, what we don't want them to do, um, how we want them to be raised and eventually become, and it's very them-focused. The opposite, which has come from this you know, more intensive parenting swing of the pendulum through the 80s, 90s, through up to today, is also very helicoptery, very anxiety provoking. It's very about oh, us, us, us. What can we do? What? How does this? You know, lean My on. My kid did this, so me. I, so I messed up. Right. Yeah. And, and what our empowerments are saying is, let's get some perspective between us and them. How do we f- like fall here? What's our job? Our role? What's their role? This, mm-hmm. you know. And I love that our empowerments because it's not about doing more. It's not about paying more. It's not about stressing more. It's, it's just about opening up our minds and getting a little bit clearer for ourselves in whatever way makes sense to us about what our role is versus our kids' role. Honestly, a lot of it is really just about letting go. Doing less, almost. Doing less. Yeah. It's, I, I feel like we could go through each one and say, and each one, the, the title for, for it below that is stop controlling blank. Yeah. Or let go of blank. Tr- trust <laughs> them. Like pay attention Trust more, more control do less. less. Yeah, exactly. Trust more, control less. Yeah, basically. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about these six really quick. Okay. Our first one of the season was the hard stuff is the good stuff, which is sort of like the one of the foundations of upbringing absolutely. in a huge way. It, we, you know, we believe that hard things there's inherent value in them. Mm-hmm. That even though our society says shun the hard stuff, look the other way, don't talk about it. Hard is bad, easy is good. Right, all those things. Uh, That's not true at all. That takes away a huge portion of of our experience and a huge potential opportunity, right, as parents, as people, to be learning and to be growing. This was a funny episode, though, because our grandpa had died that day that we recorded it yeah. on Mother's Day. So, But I feel like that it felt really real. It felt even more relevant. We cried through the whole thing. We totally so it was, did. Don't listen if, you've, if, you, <laughs> if you haven't if you're sensitive already. to death at all. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I think it was a good episode because part of us kind of circled back to how can we keep this lens of gratitude, of growing through hard things of getting comfortable in this inevitable discomfort, whether it's a grandpa dying or it's a kid doing something again, that's driving you crazy. We need to get comfortable in these things that are happening so that we can strategize so we can connect, so we can grow, so we can build the brains and hearts of our kids and our families and ourselves. Mm -hmm. Love it. Next we parent side by side. Mm. You loved starting the show off, Kel, with The Four Keys to Wisdom by Louise Penny. Yeah. They are, I'm sorry, I don't know, I was wrong, and I need help. Those are apparently the four things that we need to be practicing saying a lot more. How often do parents say to themselves, their kids, a partner, I'm sorry, I don't know, I was wrong, I need help. I think we say the opposite of all of those things, or at least our culture. I try to say them all the time. But our culture says, you're not sorry, I'm not sorry, I know everything. I'm not wrong and I'm good. Don't I'm need good. help here. Yeah. yeah. That's what's ingrained in us to not be vulnerable ever. Right. And I think that 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 can really hold us back. Yeah. Yeah. This episode about parenting side by side too was so much about asking ourselves what we can control versus what we should control. Mm. Building that awareness around 
this power that we have, this in, insane power, um, and how we wield it, essentially. A lot of these empowerments are about that, but ways that we can connect and collaborate in a side-by-side way with our kids instead of over-dominate them. Well, I think it goes against, and I always pull into the kind of more cultural, social-political landscape. And in our in our culture, it is not common for someone in power to say, sorry, I'm so sniffy, I value collaboration. What do you think? I want to work side by side with you, my underlings. I want to give maybe a little bit of my power away to you. That doesn't happen. That is not the hierarchical patriarchal society that we live in. Mm -hmm. Most people in, in power maintain that with controlling other people. They take as much power as they can and they don't give it away. Mm -hmm. And this whole idea with parenting side by side is saying, what power do we really need for safety and for security? And then what other powers can we give to our kids to help build our relationship, build their skills mm-hmm. and build our family? Yeah. But I think the the catch in that is that we have to surrender not knowing it all or thinking we know it all, you know, or what's no, knowing what's best for another human being. We have to look at a challenge with our kids and not say, I know how this is going to play out. I know what they should be doing. I know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. We have to go in there openly with curiosity, with, with that, that side-by-side feeling of we're doing this together. This is a collaboration. We're going to figure it out. Well, and I know what my job is to keep us safe and secure. And the rest is up for negotiation because that's where learning happens and growth happens. In safe psychological spaces. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I think that it's, it's, it's very unnatural to, to be thinking about those things. Absolutely. We welcome all emotions. This was one of our biggest empowerment episode downloads for a lot of reasons, I think. Okay. We got a lot of feedback. We did. People being like, what? Like all emotions? We welcome all of them, not Jealousy? just some of them. What? What? Anger? Hatred? Pure hatred? We we welcome that? Frustration? Yeah. Like, I don't want my kid to be frustrated at me. I don't want my kid to be angry at someone else. Yeah. But like, this wait, is- wait, wait, wait. If I am accepting that emotion, then am I encouraging it? That's the big question, mm-hmm. right? If I validate it, am I validating it? As in like, Condoning do that it. more? Yeah. yeah. But I think it was really fun making that laundry list of things that we typically do when we hear tough emotions or that were done to us. Like we right. reject, we um, manipulate, minimize, um, shame. Like so many things Judge, to people's limit. emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ha- did that work? Not, not necessarily that our parents did that, but... No. We still feel all the emotions, right? Every everybody is going to feel emotions. It's part of the human experience. That's yeah. how we make sense of our world. Um, but that's that's how we express our affect. The way our bodies are basically affected by the world is through our emotions. And when we reject them, or limit them, or shame them, or judge them in any way. That means that we don't learn from them. That means we aren't able to define them, which defining something and learning about something disempowers it and empowers us. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think that that's the whole idea of we welcome all emotions is that we want our kids to understand that all emotions are going to happen, that they're natural and that they're information about their body and the world. And that the more we lean into understanding those things and working with them, the more we're able to manage them and regulate them. But that's the tricky part is that self-regulation for our kids is learned through co-regulation. So that means we need to be there co-regulating. We can't just expect them to know this right uh, away. But but that's such a big ask because when our kids are screaming at us or having a meltdown or a tantrum or big feelings, I'm like, why do I have to be Mother Teresa to their Godzilla? It feels so unfair and sometimes just impossible to do that. When we're having our own issues with self-regulation and then we need to be there for them that's that's the big job it's not always possible but we're we're growing up alongside them right absolutely yeah okay next one we know our influence this was a fun episode it was really fun we basically we we i feel like the subtitle of it is modeling equals a parenting superpower but it's also a human superpower right and we we started this episode kind of trying to talk about ways in which we can not over control our kids but model positive behaviors and as Susan Stiffelman said, like live like your kids are watching because they are totally. Well, we, we acknowledge that they're around, they're spongy. We notice when, you know, my son would be like, shit, 
say things. Obviously, oh, sh- man, oh, I just almost said it again. You totally did. He, he watches, he hears. So, wow, could I use that tool as, um, you know, for good? Yeah, modeling could, as to, a tool. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's the idea that we started the episode with. But we started realizing that this episode wasn't about modeling. It was about living. Yeah, it's not a tool, but as much as like a way of life. Yeah, right. And that we can be honoring our kids' unique spirit by expressing our own, mm-hmm. like a, in sort of a, like a meta-modeling way. Okay, so instead of being like, broccoli's so yummy. Wow, in order broccoli's to, so yummy because I want to, them to eat it or like it. Mm-hmm. What would we say instead? I would say something like, this broccoli tastes so good to me today. You know, what 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 good vegetable or growing food tastes good to you right now? As right. in like, you do you, I do me. I'm modeling that I'm enjoying a food and why, not that I'm manipulating you into liking the same thing as me. Mm-hmm. And that, but that gets into this idea of modeling doesn't mean here's how to be me. It yeah. can really mean here's me. Now you be you. Yeah. That's the power of modeling. And that's like the gift of it is that it elevates our game to live authentically and aware a little more consciously and to hopefully inspire our kid to do the same in their own way. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. We play in the gray. We did this one because we had a lot of friends who were like, what the fuck does play in the gray mean? I'm so confused. I wasn't even sure, Kel, when we started talking about it, but I figured it out. It covers a lot of ground. (laughs) That's why it exists. Um, Yeah. What about Tina Fey's rules of improv? We sort of brought those in to our four powers a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think of parenting sort of like this big improv routine. Yes, we're working hard. Yes, we're organizing around a lot of things. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we can't control everything that's going to happen or know what's going to happen with our kids. Or should we control all of those things? And I think that the idea of improv is saying, I'm getting on this stage with this other person and I can't dictate the exact script And I also can't dictate what this person's going to bring to the stage. Mm -hmm. And I have to be willing to roll with it. And that doesn't mean we don't have any boundaries or limitations or whatever. Like improv has rules, Mm -hmm. right? Tina Fey talks about those. But the idea is saying, this is beautiful. This idea of we have our own reality. Our kids have their reality. Can we bring both of these realities onto the stage to exist together? That is our mutual reality that we could be living every day. And it helps even just imagining like a stressful situation with our kids as an improv routine, Mm -hmm. not I'm going to squash this and stop this right now, but like in improv, I'm going to see how long we can keep this going Mm -hmm. and keep this funny and keep this interesting and both be benefiting somehow from it. Right. And taking just as much as I'm giving. Yeah. I think playing in the gray was so much about flexible thinking and being Mm -hmm. about asking why about things Mm -hmm. about accepting the as is about getting rid of labels like good and bad and right and wrong. Um, what else? Just giving our kids control over their lives while at the same time taking control of ours, right? Absolutely. I think the biggest thing, and again, this is a, a theme that comes up a lot, is getting more comfortable with being uncomfortable. Playing in the gray is saying, I'm not going to have a rigid you know, expectation of who I am or who my kids are or what they're supposed to do or what society says I should do. But I'm going to think about where do I fall on that spectrum? And I'm going to fall somewhere. My kids are going to fall somewhere on there with what we think or what we do. And we're going to find our way together. And that's a huge part. Innovate is is a huge part. So many of our powers that we talk about Mm -hmm. um, fall into this playing in the gray where there's no right answer. There's no one right way to do anything. We have to fucking think for ourselves and move through this day by day and to just learn. Thinking about it like a beautiful dance, like improv is. Yeah. You know, we we revere these comedians for these cringeworthy, magical moments. You know, and but we get to do that every day. We get to say, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know what's going to happen next. But there's someone else on stage, and maybe we can make some magic together. Love it. Last episode was it yeah. of our empowerments was we take our role, not ourselves, seriously. This one was a big one. It was hard to talk about in a lot of ways. We got mean, a lot it was of feedback. One slice of such a huge pie. Yeah. You know, we could have talked about this for an entire season. Yeah. I think that this empowerment was so much about examining our identity as a parent mm-hmm. and getting clear about how our unconscious needs and 
often fucked up expectations can really easily become obstacles to our role as caregivers. Yeah. Where is that fine line between saying, if I identify as a parent and believe and take on this job as who I am, is that going to help me do better? Or is that going to raise the bar so high that can actually undermine myself, you know, me and my kids? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that the big takeaway from it was saying when we're approaching a tough moment with our kids, are we in work mode or are we in worth mode? And how does that impact us? When I'm in work mode, I'm able to execute, be detached, be um, dive in on the skill set, see to our kids' needs. And when I'm in worth mode, it's when I'm I'm feeling weaker. I'm taking things really personally. When you um, have needs that aren't being met. Yeah. Which a kid should not meet our needs. And I think for me, Kel, that was the big takeaway was saying, my child is separate from me and it is not their their job to fulfill me. Or define your worth job. as a person. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. we can't let our kids be responsible for filling or emptying our our glass, our plate, our, our sense of, of joy or fulfillment or sense of self. Right. Absolutely. It's going to be, it's a complicated, intricate process, but, uh, if we can start thinking about it, I think it's really going to help us not to take things quite as personally when the shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to do six more episodes of empowerments next season and all our new convos too. Um, so what about season three? Let's kind of run through this really quick. What's going to happen? What's going to be different? What are we bringing to the table this month that we're off? What are we going to be working on? I think that a concept that you and I have talked about throughout the last two seasons is about power and how do we choose to use it? Mm -hmm. Do we employ typical methods of power, which like control, for example, um, Or do we consider how we use power so that we don't abuse it? Because when we overpower our kids, you know, our, our connection can be, um, put to the test. Their learning can be inhibited Mm -hmm. and we want to be teaching our kids that power needs to be used very sensitively and that it's up for negotiation and collaboration that's that's our idea about it anyway. Maybe as radical feminists, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that we need to think about these things and how can our power be actually, if we misuse it, can it disempower us and our kids or can we be using it in ways that can elevate us, can can raise us up, I guess. Yeah. That's Do we my want to speech. talk at all about, con- I love your speech. I think sometimes a parent might hear control. What do you mean control over control? Isn't that our job as parents? And that's, it's, I feel like it's something we talk about every episode, which yeah. is what is control? Why don't we want to be controlling or over-controlling our parents? What does that look like? I think most parents would say, I don't over-control my kids. But then we say, oh gosh, what are we all doing? What are we all feel this unconscious hand of patriarchy? The patriarchy is forcing us to mm-hmm. punish to reward, to give consequences, to, to shame, to isolate, like in timeouts, to do these. If you don't do this, then we'll do this. If if you do this, you'll get this. Yeah. You need to go into your room. Yeah. Sorry, the consequences, this is being removed. Yeah. I can't believe you did that. It's How so, could you do it's that? It's so natural. These things come into our mind, at least our minds and our hearts so often. I don't know where they come from. I yeah. think just our culture, our society, parts of our upbringing, just mm-hmm. like everybody else. And those are the parts where we, we want to be questioning those and saying, do we need to do this? This is how many institutions have been run for hundreds of years. This is the hierarchical structure and the way power has been used. In is, our culture. Yeah. yeah, in our culture. But does it need to, to continue to be used in our parenting? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Research is showing that it doesn't. Yeah. But I think that so much about what upbringing is about now and especially moving forward in season three is how we can welcome our kids' resistance. Mm-hmm. You know, who they are, who they want to be, what they want to say, all of those things. Well, and really getting getting a little bit more aware of what are these innate freedoms we talk about and mm-hmm. as a need for ourselves that we've been voicing for other people, which we can get into a little bit if you want. But you and I've talked a lot about 
not what our kids should be doing or shouldn't be doing, but what we can be doing. What mm-hmm. powers beyond control can we be using in our parenting? And we had the four powers model. Mm-hmm. Um, Respect, connect, innovate, and trust. Right. That we can use through a situation or on their own. A step sort of. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and I think we're going to be actually transitioning that four point model into something a little more filled out called the resist approach. Mm. And we'll talk much more about it. What does resist stand for, Kel? These are the new six steps that we use when we're in a disagreement with our kids or a conflict. Actually, it's not even our kids necessarily. It's anybody in our lives that we're having an issue with. The steps are respect, empathize, sync up, innovate, set the limit, and trust. Right. Why did we choose the acronym RESIST? What does resistance mean? RESIST is a pretty loaded word. Yeah, I think it, as a as a person and as a parent, mm-hmm. I think as as people we're we're saying resist, resist the patriarchy, resist our our the leadership of our country, resist uh, people trying to control our bodies, resist all of these things. And then we've talked about in other episodes. We come home and we tell our kids, "Don't resist me." Mm-hmm. The resistance is like the bane of our existence as parents. They won't yeah. put their fucking shoes on. They won't take a hair, get a haircut. They won't mm-hmm. come with me to the store. They won't get in their car seat. They won't do their homework. Go to bed. Anything. <laughs> like they res- Kids resist everything. And one, so much of the parenting stuff out there is saying how to basically break our children's resistance, how to get around it, how mm-hmm. to navigate it, how to, mm-hmm. how to trick it. Ooh, Who's sorry. calling you? Uh, let me see. Someone from Los Altos. I don't huh. know. Um, yeah. But this idea of resistance is saying, wait, can we think about resistance in our parenting the same way we think of resistance social, socially, politically mm-hmm. as activists ourselves? Our kids are mini activists. Right. They are. They're born that way. They're born activists. They're born feminists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're standing up for their own rights. They're complaining about you know, injustices. Yes, exactly. They're, they're speaking up, they're shouting, they're, they're, they're bearing their heart and soul all the time. They're absolutely authentically saying what their needs are and what they want and what they believe. Is that not something that we want to be protecting and cultivating? But to what extent when we're trying to get shit done, when we are responsible for them, it's really difficult to imagine how do we stay in charge, but also honor yeah. and protect our kids' natural resistance, which is, you you know, you and I, Kelty, see that as this magical spark within them that can't, you know, shouldn't be extinguished and that can really easily be extinguished when we use control yeah. over them. But I think that's what so much, so much of upbringing is going to be about is redefining resistance mm. for us and for our kids. We think about ourselves as parents, you know, going to marches, doing all of these things, um, putting our money where our mouth is, supporting causes, writing letters, making phone calls, doing these things to, to advocate. Absolutely. Um, and, but then you and I talk so much about turning that lens back at home and being like, what can we be doing here? Mm -hmm. And so much of that, so much of the power, so much of the opportunity exists in those tough moments of our children's resistance. Yeah. And how do we respond respectfully and in a way that resists not them, but the greater cultural forces at work Mm -hmm. that disempower both us and our kids? Well, I think that's a really difficult thing to do, Kel, because when, you know, it's, we take it very personally when our kids resist us. We're like, you're going against my agenda. I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. I'm the one in charge. I know what your needs are. I know what the situation is. Just please fucking do it. Yeah. But I think that when we can realize that our kids aren't resisting us, they're resisting the system, Yeah. that that in itself is very honorable. And that requires that we look at this as saying, I'm going to going to value and respect that they are resisting because I'm raising them in this model of, do you fight against oppression? Do you fight against people who are in power and maybe use control over you? Or do you just sit there? Mm-hmm. Do you just turn inward? You know? Yeah. I think that our kids in that way are a magical reminder, like a yeah. guidepost. They represent 
humanity's conscience, Hmm. you know, that says no. Like when they resist, they're reminding us of our sacred duty to protect and nurture their body and spirit. But how do we do that while we get shit done? That's what we want to talk about, right? We made this resist model for that very reason. Mm -hmm. So when they resist us, we use the resist model back. Mm -hmm. So we're resisting the patriarch. They're resisting us and we're resisting patriarchal parenting, basically. Okay. I love it. Patriarchal mainstream parenting. I love it. And I think that's really sweet because instead of resisting one another, we're both resisting the system. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that it's so easy to feel like we're in just constant power struggle with our kids. And when we can shift our mindset to this thing of saying, no, this is resistance. This is honorable. This is valuable. They're resisting against me, which I shouldn't take personally. I'm just the person in power. And by my leaning in through this resist approach that you and I are going to be working through, Um, where we're not using control, but we're using these other respectful, thoughtful powers that nurture us all. Mm -hmm. We're side by side. We're side by side. We're working against this system together. And that's pretty cool. They resist, we resist. And the system isn't going to pull us apart. Like this happens to our families. Like so much of our dissonance within our our homes, I feel, is that, like you said, that power struggle, that head to head, Mm -hmm. you need to be this way, you need to do this, you can't resist me. And that we've talked about this, that really is our, the unconscious hand of the patriarchy coming in and saying, uphold this structure of power. Mm-hmm. And we're teaching our kids that structure of power when we discipline them that way, yeah. when we work through struggles that way, using control. So yeah. it's kind of a win-win. I think we're, and you and I'll talk a lot more about this, Kel, is that we're both liberated through this process. We don't have to be parenting this way and they don't have to be growing up that way either. Yeah. I think this is an incredible opportunity and we can be both honoring our child and also reconnecting with ourselves at the same time, just elevating everybody, you know? So how to raise a feminist. Mm. That is a talk that we're giving soon next week. We don't know what we're saying. We, we, well, we know (laughs) who we are and what we're saying, but we don't know how to say it yet. How does that sound? We're going to figure it out (sighs) before next week in Portland. And I think we're going to do more of these. I think we want to like, be a series a series and maybe take it on the road. I don't know. But I think a lot of people out there are either curious. What is a feminist? I think I identify as a feminist. I believe in feminism. I want to raise a feminist what, kid. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, and others are, yeah, they're wondering what, what do you have to bring to the table that could, that could help me with that? So yeah. we're excited to explore it from an interpersonal behavioral kind of, yeah, yeah. framework. I think there are so many elements, um, to being a feminist parent and to, or to being an activist parent is mm-hmm. exposing your kids to different cultures, to, you know, social justice and issues and through our politics and all of these things. But there are books we can buy them. There are also clothes we can do. There are all of these things. But what we like to focus on is what hand. What happens at home between us and them. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way we treat our kids is how they will view it's like a you know an incubator for how they will view themselves and the world and how they will treat other people and i think when we talk about feminism sure it's about gender equality but i think it's also about human equality it's about human rights and i think that's what the amazing thing that feminism has done in this this last wave too i mean all the waves of feminism have been uh, like critical but this last wave with intersectionality talking about how this isn't just about white women's rights to vote or to this or to that. It's a, it, it's way more intricate and diverse and fluid than that. And I think that you and I, Kelty, believe that kids should be a part of that, that they are a marginalized community in a lot of ways that can't yeah. speak up for themselves, but that resist in their homes every day. And that if we really want to be just not just connecting with our kids, not just enjoying our days more, not just giving them skills, but also like really moving forward as a movement towards social justice, the way we deal with our kids in the hardest moments can really inform that or can undermine it, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. So that's what we'll be talking about. And we talk, we have narrowed down basically 10 freedoms that we want to honor as we move through challenges with kids in our lives. It's where a lot of resistance can pop up. And it's, these are these very sensitive areas, these personal freedoms that we all have, that women and other 
minorities and and uh, marginalized communities have fought for in their own resistance movements and that you and I have have identified as places where we can be really sensitive as far as how much we control and overpower with our well, kids. Well, that would be the goal, but our yes. our kind of go-to is really to, like we've said before, over-control in these arenas because we care, because we love them so fucking right. much. And because we were scared. We're Basically, scared yeah. or we have these beliefs in our culture that it's our job to be dominating or it's our job to be informing or, you know, just getting in there a little bit too much. Yeah. So um, our freedoms are, they're not more of a to-do list for you. They're not meant to overwhelm or add time or add money. They're just these kind of mind opening thoughts about freedoms that our kids have that maybe we can consider how we engage with those things a little bit more mm. carefully. What are the freedoms, Kel? Free to struggle, free to contribute, free to play, free to speak, free to feel, free to choose, free to nourish, free to grow, free to know, and free to be. Yes. And it sounds like if they're free to do all of those things, what the fuck is our house going to look like? <laughs> what do we do? What What's left for us to do if we're not controlling all of these things? But that's what we're going to be diving into. Yeah. It's, it's As you said, Kelty, that it's one of these things that it's so counterintuitive to think that as we're giving our kids these freedoms, and in some ways their own... Um, you know, inner wisdom and authority and power in some ways in our relationship, that's freeing us. That's taking the pressure off of us Mm -hmm. and not in a permissive, oh, laissez-faire, let everything go kind of way, but in a like, we're renegotiating the power structure in our home so we can all feel better and do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, we're going to have a PDF about the freedoms. We're going to have a PDF about our resist approach. We're going to have all this stuff up on the site by the time we start season three, which is really exciting. Yes. Yeah. So- Let's wrap it up. Okay. Our podcast. Kel, you told me the other day that it has been listened to in over 40 countries. Pretty cool. Our numbers are climbing, which has been really exciting. Just yeah. that, to know that like this is, it feels so weird podcasting in this void between you and me. We're I pretty know. used to it. Don't get me wrong. But it's our it, little twin traverse. Totally. Yeah. But it, it really feels good to, to, to hear from you guys. And we've just, we've been really overwhelmed by your support and your thoughtful responses your DMs, your shares, your emails, you know, it's been great. Yeah. I think we're better together. We talk about that a lot. And this is such, parenting is such an insane adventure and growing up ourselves is a crazy adventure and we need to be learning from each other and leaning on each other. Definitely. So I'm just excited for this time, this summer break, and we cannot wait to resume in September. And we're just, we're very grateful for you all. So thank you so much for listening. And we would love to hear your thoughts on this last season and beyond. Go back and listen to old episodes and tell us what you think and tell us what you want and DM, call, email, go through our website, upbringing.co. Yes. And subscribe, rate, and review us. That helps other people find us and to build this community and this upbringing movement. So thank you for taking the time to do that on Mm -hmm. Apple, right? On iTunes. Yeah. And lastly, you're doing an amazing job and we're so proud of you. We're right here with you, taking steps to better understand ourselves, our kids, and one another. So thanks for being here. We're all growing up together. Till next time.